Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another week. It is Power Wolf week here at the Metal Exchange. How are you, my friend? Demons are a girl's best friend, I was told. <laughs> uh, so I've been told. So I've been told. Um, I'm happy to have you back. I know uh, we had recorded the last episode a bit early as you have uh, been away for a bit, but it was well received from what I understand. So I'm very happy about that. And I look forward to catching this show with you on Thursday, uh, along with many, many other people that will be in New York City for for this show, which should be which should be a good uh, a good time. And I thought, you know, kind of what better week to talk about Power Wolf than the than the week, uh, you know, that we were going to get to see them. But before we get there, two singles I just wanted to mention that were really interesting. Number one, I, I don't know if you've heard, but Arjun Lukitson has come out with this new. Uh, band if you will that's kind of looking more at like the 70s glam rock scene or the like the prog rock glam rock thing that he uh you know kind of has always admitted was his like baby and and, and the thing that he always loved the most about um you know I guess growing up with music but he has released a single with uh Arjun Lukinson's Supersonic Revolution and the song is called The Glam Attack have you had a chance to check this one out yet, or I, I know that you were away, so you may not have. No, had a chance I just to listen to I, it. I I uh, I saw that it came out, so I uh, downloaded it, the single. I was away, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. But the cover art looks like it came right off of a Yes album from yeah. nineteen seventy eight or whatever. Hundred percent, and uh, I won't spoil it for you, but I'll say this: it's absolutely Arjun, but it also is absolutely what you think it is. It is, but, but with this like glam element to it, it's really kind of cool. Um, the, the album I think is due out later this year, if I'm not mistaken, I look forward to that. Uh, I don't know if they've actually selected a release date, but it sounds like it has definitely has some legs and some promise to it. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and, and another album that has been announced, uh, May 19th is the new Sleep Token album, and the album is called Take Me Back to Eden. They released a single a couple of days ago called Vore. It's uh, V-O-R-E. But what's interesting, not only did I think this single was fantastic, but a lot of acquaintances or people that I you know have kind of just struck up a conversation with are talking about this band. I think they are really on the precipice of blowing up big time. I was shocked. Um, this single, like I said, came out four days ago. It has 518,000 views on YouTube in four days. That is Damn. a lot. And one of the other singles for the album had over 2 million views. So these guys are on the cusp of really just becoming like the next big thing. And some of the people that were mentioning them to me are like, you know, fans of hard rock and metal, but like I would, I'd call them cursory fans. You know, like people that just kind of dabble, you know, dip their toes into the pool, and they they know Metallica and maybe they know Iron Maiden, but that's kind of the extent of it. But Sleep Token seems to be on everyone's radar now. I'm curious to see if you like the new one any better than you did the last one because I know that you didn't like that much at all. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little just boring uh it's for me for my ears and maybe i need to listen to it more uh I, i'll give this one a more of a a chance but uh yeah I, the singles i heard so far have been pretty solid so um I, i'd say that it's a step in the right direction at least for for me so we, we'll see nice um so that's some of the new stuff that we've been listening to or at least that i've been listening to but i kind of want to get into the power wolf stuff because um 
there's a lot of stuff to digest here. And, and obviously, normally we'll cover an entire album in its entirety. That's, you know, the standard format. But with this, I was, well, on the one hand, I thought I was woefully uh, ignorant when it, come to, when it came to this band. And I thought, let me get ready for the show. But on the flip side, I kind of knew most of these songs. So I guess I knew more than I thought uh, I, I did. And I've listened to a lot of their stuff. I just don't particularly love a lot of their stuff. It's kind of one of those things where a new album will come out. I'll check it out. And then I don't listen to it again. And then we kind of wait two years or three years. A new album comes out. I listen to it. And then I don't listen to it again. Whereas I know other people just, you know, die and and rave about this band. Um, I am not that big of a fan, but I'll I'll kind of share my thoughts as we go through it. But to, to do something a little bit different... I pulled their most recent set list from a show back in December of 2022. And I'm, and we're really just going to kind of go through the songs on that set list as I think there's a reasonable opportunity, uh, reasonable chance that these are the same songs they play uh, in New York city later this week. That would be my guess as well. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was a good, a good choice uh, as far as, you know, and also at least for you who, is admittedly not a, that big a fan. At least you'd be listening to the songs that you'll likely hear uh, when you see them live. And and like I've said before, I, I think that this is going to be something where experiencing it live is going to produce uh, some like a a response in you that you're not going to get from listening to you know studio albums. And it's entirely possible because having gone, having listened to this set list a bunch of times, I don't know that my opinion has changed all that much. I think there are certain tracks that are really good. I just think that there's many tracks that are kind of monotonous and formulaic in a number of regards where, well, I mean, we'll get into it in detail, but it's just like pretty good choruses. Some are very good. The verses themselves are not, I don't know, the most accessible or the most uh memorable in many cases and then i don't think that the solos are particularly interesting either it's just very paint by numbers for me in a lot of respects but at the same time i could see how this stuff live could be a completely different experience you know much to your point yeah well a lot of it is visual too um uh you know i at one point uh sat down and watched their their blu-ray um I don't remember the name of it, but I think it was whatever the last live album was. There was a Blu-ray, and I think there was multiple performances included on this. Um, and I watched whatever the main one was, and it was uh, much like a Sabaton show is nowadays. It's very visual, and there's a lot going on, and it, it, you have that very church, church-like church kind of theme. You know, it's like werewolves in church, uh, you know, for whatever that's worth, I think you had said it's like ghost meets Sabaton in a lot of ways. So, yeah. uh, but with like werewolves and, and <laughs> involved, it's uh, yeah. interesting. I just think that when, when I, when I listen to this, all, all I, I, I hear so much Sabaton and I hear so much ghost, not, not, not in terms of the visual elements, but just in terms of the, the music and the sound and the way the songs are constructed in many respects. Uh, those are the two bands that jumped out at me a lot with some others. I'll, I'll mention them later on. Um, but just to kind of paint the backdrop, what's interesting to me is that with the exception of the drummer, Raul Von Helden, this band has been together since 2003 and basically stayed intact, which is not something you say, you know, with a lot of bands, you know, for 20 years um, in this genre. So kudos to them. 
Benjamin Buss or Matthew Greywolf on lead guitar, uh, David Vogt, otherwise known as Charles Greywolf on rhythm guitar and bass, uh, Christian Jost, Falk, Maria Schlegel on keyboards, and Karsten Brill, otherwise known as Artilla or Attila Dorn on uh, vocals. That's a mouthful, but yeah, that, I mean, like I said, this lineup has pretty much been intact since 2003, which is, which is quite remarkable. And in that time, if I'm not mistaken, I think they've released like nine albums, which is, you know, pretty, you know, nine albums in four, in, in 20 years is, is, you know, pretty much every album tour. And then within two years, you're getting another album, which I thought is pretty impressive. And I think they have another one on the way. Do you have a, a, a recollection of, the first time you heard them and what you thought at that, you know, that first time, or, or is it kind of uh, just in the haze of everything else that was coming out? Cause I, I know I found out about them after they had already released several albums. Um, I forgot which album was the first one that really uh, came, came across my way, but I remember at the time looking at their back catalog and being like, wow, they've, there's several albums that have come out prior to this. Um, I'd have to take a quick look at their actual discography, um, and then I would be able to tell you. I can what- actually. Well, I'll I'll, I'll just chime in because I do remember just looking back at the different songs on the albums. The first one I heard was in 2011. It was Blood of the Saints. So they had already had three albums under their belt. And and just to clarify one thing I've said, they had they have eight albums to date. Their ninth is coming out this year. But I I, I started becoming aware of them and kind of hearing them for the first time um, after, uh, like I said, around uh, 2011, it was their fourth album, Blood of the Saints. And I and I remember that because there's a, one or two songs, I think, from the set list that they're going to play when we see them. And I specifically remember Sanctified with Dynamite as probably the first song that I heard by them. Yeah, I think for me, it was the following album in 2013, uh, Preachers of the Night. Because I just yeah. remember aiming an attack, just like just searing into my brain, and um, I think you had said that it you heard Haman, Haman, and uh, oh I, yeah, Haman. It's Haman and attack, I and mean, that's Haman and a attack. There's no question about it. I can't see, get it. Out. I hear Ament like Jeff Ament from Pearl Jam. Ament and attack. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I think we're both wrong, but I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with it. And and I'll be honest with you, it's the diction um, that the singer uses that really just throws me off here. I, I it's it's kind of funny. And, and there's other words, uh, another one being uh, iron, which is just so, some of the pronunciation here makes me um, you know giggle a little yeah. bit. But um, I'm curious. I'll say I'll, I'll ask this question. You're you're a bigger fan of the band than I am. There's no question about it. I am looking forward to the show. But tell me this. Did it, listening to these same, you know, 18 tracks over and over again, did it change your opinion of the band or did it really just solidify what you've already thought? Yeah, pretty, pretty much the latter. Um, I'm not, I'm not a, a huge, huge fan, but, uh, I do like the band a lot. And I, uh, in going back and listening to these songs, it made me pretty excited, uh, to see them live. It's, it's something that I really didn't think would happen in this country. Like I figured if I was going to see this band, it would have to have been in Europe. Um, so it's pretty cool coupled with the number of people that we know that will be there. Um, and just like I said, the whole, uh, visual aspect and the whole theatrical aspect of it all. And then we just found out, 
uh, that Seven Kingdoms have been added as an opening act for at least uh, some of the East Coast shows. And they, um, the last time I saw them live, um, I, they were fantastic. And they'll be playing at Prague Power this year as well. But um, it was cool that they added a, a little opener and, and somebody that we actually enjoy uh, and who are quite good live. I think it's a nice, it'll be a nice little warm up, um, a power metal band opening up for a power metal band to get things, uh, to get things started. Just a good solid choice as far as like finding a, a U.S. band to kind of, you know, start up the festivities. And, and I think it was needed because their set list, if you just, you know, kind of add, add, w- w- taking into account, of course, that there'll be breaks and gaps in between, but the song running time is only about 75 or 78 minutes. So when you kind of, you know, expand well, there's that. like a whole break in the middle where they administer the eucharist to oh, everybody well, I in guess the that, crowd so do i have to howl before i get it or how does yeah. that work exactly? and you have to scratch you have to scratch the back of your ear <laughs> like this and then That's... uh yeah and then it, it's i i don't know these are just i've never seen them live so these are just things i've heard um yeah well i, I mean <laughs> we, i apparently there are people dressing up like um ministers so it's going to be interesting it's going to be uh it's going to be something but i think there we, are going to be a lot of good photo opportunities <laughs> I'm going to do my best to avoid all of them. But I, mean, I, I, I don't know if did we ever bring up the speaking of of uh, wolves or or wolverines in this case? Did we ever mention that when um, Wolverine played at Prague Power that there was somebody dressed up as Wolverine, the the Marvel character, but wearing the Wolverine band T-shirt? Uh, it yes, was probably yes. my favorite metal cosplay of all time. <laughs> There were a ton of them on 70K, but that one was fantastic. And no, I don't think we've mentioned it. So uh, we'll shoehorn that in right now just because it was really, really Well, funny. that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if we're going to see some like guys dressed as wolves, but like with really big biceps and they're just power <laughs> wolves. I mean, uh, I, I, we know personally that there's going to be a minister. Uh, shout out to Carl. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, I think it's going to be, I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. I plan on having a, uh, a couple adult beverages beforehand and pr- pr- potentially during and uh, and just having a good time. It's uh, it's been um, it's been a good bit since I've uh, been to uh, a metal show. I think I was with you the last time I saw one, and and uh, I'm ready to to take on another one. So well, it's fortunately for you, I've actually inserted into my notes here exactly when I'll be getting beer breaks for the songs that I just don't particularly enjoy. So we'll, we'll get to those very shortly. Um, they, they open up the, the set or so it seems with faster than the flame, which is a song from their 2021 album called the wild. Um, I think it's a good opening track. I think it really is kind of in line with their core sound. So I guess it makes sense that they would open up with one of their newest tracks it has really like all the trademarks of the of the Power Wolf sound. It has the organs, the big chorus, etc. And it's oh, one of the faster tunes I think on that they kind of um, are going to play during the set. But as catchy as the chorus is, and I think it is rather catchy. My I, my issue here with a lot of these tracks again is just the verses, like the verses themselves that lead up to the big chorus is kind of boring and mundane. What I will say about this particular track, though, is that I thought that the guitar work was some of the better work in the set list. Um, the, 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 the other knock, though, is they have this the, the flame flame section. It just makes me laugh towards the end. I, I just can't take these guys seriously. But at the same time, if I can go into it with realizing that this is not a pain of salvation show, I'll, I'll probably have a much better time. I 
don't think that they expect you to take it seriously. And I think that's part of the, 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 the like, it looks serious, but I think that they're in on the joke. I, I, I don't know if joke is the right word, but like, I don't think they're expecting us to, to like, you know, bow down and start praying. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, listen, I don't think I'm going to have a ton of, of real deep insight because I just, I agree that I find a lot of the songs to be constructed very similarly. Yes. But, uh, I think I just enjoy said construction a little bit more than you do, even though Maybe. it is, I admit a million times over that it is, it is kind of repetitive and, and it's, um, I don't think it's, I think I had mentioned to you and our, our mutual friend, Nick, that like, it's not conducive to, um binging uh like like listening to one album after the other because i just don't think i think you're just gonna get completely lost in the fact that it just sounds kind of the same it's just uh but the difference for me is that every time they come out with a new album that's kind of samey i have gone two or three years without listening to the band since the last album came out so i'm ready for my next dose and and it's very similar to how i feel about sabaton these days i would say it's just that this is a little less um a little less serious because Sabaton mostly is based on, or if not entirely based on historical uh, battles and wars and stuff like this. And this is, you know, clearly mostly, you know, fictional based kind of, uh, you know, like uh, power metal for Twilight fans, I guess. Wait, mo- mostly? Are you telling me that there are masses that are being held by wolves and that that's actually happening? Because I you're don't, don't want to, I never want to say that there's definitely not something happening if without knowledge. So of, you don't like to talk in absolutes, thing. even when yeah. it comes to werewolves. Hold, hold, hold you know. Having, yeah, I'm not a Sith, and only Sith okay. speak in absolutes. So there, there you go. I, I like it. Um, what are your thoughts on this opening track? And again, I guess the the analysis will be a little bit lighter than usual, just because I'm, I'm not going to repeat myself over and over. I think I'd rather talk about the differences in some of the tracks rather than the sameness of many of them. And then yeah. there are certain subtle differences. Um, yeah, I like. I think this is a really solid choice for a, a, an opening track. Um, there's kind of a you know like an organy kind of intro, which I think will be great for getting on stage, um, and then just starting something with that's super quick, super fast, and and power like just powerful and catchy. And uh, I think it's a really good choice for first track if it is in fact the first song they do play. Um, but uh, you know, I think um, I would say it's what I like this song. Um, I think it's one of my favorites of this selection of songs i just think that there are a, a number of songs that sound kind of just like this one um but this is, I, I agree uh, i mean i don't know maybe there are powerful fans that really are just dig 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 into all these albums and they they start to notice the real smaller differences from song to song um it's just i've never really dug that deep into it but then again, at the same time, I put together this playlist of all the songs from their most recent set list, and I pretty much recognized almost all of them. So either I knew them all, or they all just sound so similar that I feel like I knew them. Um, yeah, I, but either I, way, I totally... it was an enjoyable it was an enjoyable listen. And uh, well, one of the questions I have for you, and I guess I'll just ask it now because it was kind of a good segue. Do you think there are any glaring omissions? I don't know that there is. Um, you know what? Let me let me pull up my list of songs um because again this is a band that just has a lot of material like especially because you know like like we said like we found out about this band after they had already released three or four albums um uh, 
I don't know that there's anything that I would consider glaring. Um, maybe, uh, maybe blessed and possessed, but again, there's like several songs that sound a lot like that. So right, right. I don't know that you're really missing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that there's anything that you're missing too, too much. Um, the, the, what's important is that demons are a girl's best friend are on this list. And that song is not just catchy as hell, but hilarious as, as well. So <laughs> I, I, I will give you that. Um, unfortunately they don't play it second. They go in with, they go into incense and iron, um, uh, from the 2018 release, the sacrament of sin. And I'll tell you this, this is one of the better tracks. And the reason is it's a little bit different. It's slower. It's anthemic. And it's a lot folkier than a lot of maybe every other song in the set list. So there's elements of like almost like an Elevati just in terms of the uh, folkiness to it. But really what I'm hearing here on this particular track is kind of like within temptation on steroids. I yeah, think that I, like and, – and, and I like it. Um, and although the vocalist doesn't hold a candle to Sharon Denadelle, at the same time, it's really, really interesting. And the guitar solo on this particular track – is very, very different from a lot of the other solos. So this is a standout track, if for no other reason than it sounds different than the rest of the set list. Yeah, this so this is kind of more of a mid-tempo, kind of almost like a marching kind of beat to it, um, which I think is good. I, I don't think you want to have 18 songs that all sound like, uh, you know, the first the the, the first song. Uh, um faster than a flame yes faster thank you um because yep. there are enough of those songs that are kind of done in that style so it's good that there are songs that are mid-tempo or even a little bit slower that we'll get to so um because i think it's important that you know it's not just an hour and a half of the same thing well then talk to me about cardinal sin because they wind up going back kind of deeper into the catalog here with with their third song from preachers of the night this was from 2013 probably one of the first tracks you've ever heard from the band and they don't play many many old tracks in the set list this is about as far back as they go with the exception of the last song but at the same time you can hear subtle differences in the sound and how it evolved over the years and i do mean very subtle but talk to me about cardinal sin what are your thoughts on this one I think the song is awesome. It's just fast and brutal. And like, it's the, the, I love the, I mean, you, you hear this in most of the songs, if not all of them, but that, um, that kind of almost church organ sound that's, that permeates in the background. Yeah, it's like a Latin mass at the beginning of the song. Exactly. It, it's just, this is just one of those ass kicking songs. Like if a pit doesn't open during the first song this will be where the pit opens and the the preacher played by carl will inevitably get sucked into the vortex of of uh of of moshing wolves um i i can't believe uh, these sentences are even coming out of my mouth but uh i got I, I gotta be honest with you dude and i and i'm gonna disagree with one thing i hear everything you're saying and and I'll, I'll even go so far as to say I know why you like it because I think it actually has a strong Halloween vibe with the double bass drum and everything else that's going on here. But like other than the fact that I can tell this is like an earlier song in the catalog, I think the song falls a bit flat for me. And I got to be honest, this might be my first beer run 
Maybe. I haven't decided. It's not the well, worst see, I song. Might, I might throw you in the pit for those comments that when this song starts. So. Dude, I just came from a cruise with a bunch of death metal bands. I am ready for the pit, okay, man? Like, I've been, do- I've been doing nothing but uh, being in a pit for the, for the last three weeks. This so. is probably going to be kind of a gentler pit, I think. I would, have Im- I would, I would, I would imagine so. Uh, to me, the best part of the song is really just that main riff that kind of permeates the whole thing. I think it's a very cool riff. I just, the rest of the song, I could kind of take it or leak it. Take it or leave it. Um, as opposed to Amen and Attack, which quite frankly um, was probably the first song that I heard by the band uh, from their Preachers album, which I said, which I would say is like probably the first song I ever heard from them that I grabbed me right away. Where I was like, this song is this song just kicks ass, and I listened to it a bunch this week, and I still enjoy it. I don't know that I like it as much as I used to, but at the same time, it's so fast and the guitar work is so good. Uh, I have to imagine this is one of the better live tunes. And I got to be honest, I thought the vocal performance on this particular track is also one of the better vocal performances by the singer. Um, and other than the fact that I've changed the name of it completely, uh, shout out to Paul Heyman. I, I, I think that this is, incont- I'm not going to name it my song of the week, but it could have been a song of the week. I love this track. This one I like. Yeah, th- I think this is um, probably probably the first Powerwolf song I ever at least, glommed onto that really struck a chord with me and i think it still still does i think it's going to be a highlight of the set even if they change up the set list i think this one's probably going to be one of the ones that stays um but yeah this is good stuff i i I just i can't help but picture just a lot of people just having a really good time during this band because the music is just really fun it's just fun power metal it's but it's different enough with the church organ and just like the the themes and everything it's just like something very different i've never seen ghost live so this will and based on how much the tickets cost for their next tour i might not ever see ghost live uh, so uh i i don't know like yeah, the more the more i li- listen to the power wolf and get prepped for the show the more excited i am for it because i just think it's going to be just one of those shows where it's just fun. It, it, like you mentioned Halloween before, and that's kind of how I feel when I see Halloween concerts is that like, I don't care what they're going to play. Like, it's just, I know I'm going to have a good time. I know I'm going to like just bop around and have a good time. And I, I kind of feel like this is going to be uh, pretty much the same. And what better way to have a good time with than with dancing with the dead from call of the wild, their next track, right? Like this is, um, it's, I, I can't take anything seriously that they do but at the same time um this particular track just reminds me so much of sabaton like to me this is when i say sabaton meets ghost this is the sabaton side of 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 the band and for me it's another track where i i'm on beer number two here it just this is a miss for me and i hear me out it's a decent chorus but the rest of the song just bores me to tears and i acknowledge it picks up steam as the song carries on or whatever but it just doesn't salvage this track for me and i can understand why it was a single on the last album but i think the bridge is not so good and i just think that if you were to rank the 18 songs on the set list this would be in the bottom three for me okay um i like, see, i love I think, it no <laughs> i think uh, i think power wolf's strength as far as like the part of the song is always the chorus. The choruses are always so yes. catchy. And, and I don't think that this song is any different, but I agree that like the rest of the song is not as 
it's not as catchy or fun as some of the other tracks. So I'll, I'll actually agree with you. But then okay. once the chorus hits, it's just like, it's like, it's so good. Like, yeah, it's a, like I said, and, and I want to be clear, the chorus is pretty good here. Um, but just, I think it's a misc when you compare it to the prior track, which sure. is unquestionably great. And then they go into another track, which quite frankly, if Dancing with the Dead wasn't my least favorite, Armada Strigoi might be. This is from Blessed and Possessed in 2015. And I actually remember this from when I first heard that album. It's just one of those tracks that I really do remember well. But it, it, I don't know. Like it has that galloping beat that we always talk about, and the drums are very good on this track. But nothing else resonates with me on this one, and it's I think it's my least favorite song of, in the set list. So you kind of for me, you got like two clunkers in a row after arguably the best track we've heard so far. I happen to like this song quite a bit more than the last song. Honestly, um, I don't know if it's just because of it's been around longer. Um, and I just have heard it more, but I, I don't know. I kind of dig this track. I always kind of have, it's, um, a little bit more of like you said, that mid tempo gallop, but, uh, I, I, I think this is a pretty solid tune. I, I enjoy this one quite a bit. Um, so I, 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 this is great. Cause now I know all the songs that I will be asking you to get me a beer during. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, you, <laughs> the, of all shows, this is the one I have no problem going to get the beer and doing the beer run. So, uh, well, we go on. to sleep token. Um, I'll get you a beer for every track, every song. So. <laughs> you would, except you'll probably be sleeping yourself. So I don't know that that's I'll be on the stool out. next to Brian taking a nap. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with sleep token is if they blow up as much as I think they, I don't know that I'm going to be able to afford sleep token tickets. They may be, they'll be yeah, they'll be opening for ghost for $120 yeah, a ticket. That would actually be a phenomenal tour. I got to be honest with you. I think that that would, uh, the problem is I don't know that ghost would want to be like upstaged by the opener, which I have a feeling sleep token is well on their way, but um, let's talk about beast of God. was it Govadon? I guess that's kind of how I'm going to say it. Govadon, uh, Govadon, uh, Call the Wild 2021. This is one of their newer tracks. It's it's faster, it's catchier, and to me, it's actually one of the highlights in the set. I thought this was probably the best song on their last album. The chorus is awesome. I like the backing vocals. I think that adds a really, really nice touch. Um, and, and I got to say, like this one picks up steam, but in a good way. I, I, I And more than anything else, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull this off live, but I thought the mix on this particular track is phenomenal. It's just really heavy. Um, I, it's a song of the week candidate for me. I don't know. It, it, I'm not going to choose it, but it, it easily could have been. Uh, I agree 100% on this one. I, I Looking back on 2021 when this album came out, I remember putting my list together and thinking to myself like, I don't even know if Power Wolf, Power Wolf's Call of the Wild album is going to be on this list. And then I listened to it again and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this album was really good. I don't know why the first time I listened to it, if I was just busy or not, whatever, just not in the mood. And then it just, it struck me when I went back to it. I was like, damn, this is really good. And it ended up on my list. I don't know. Off the, I'm just remembering off the top of my head maybe around 13 14 somewhere in that vicinity and now that i'm going back and this is the first time i think i've listened to some of these songs since then i'm reminded why i enjoyed that album as much as i did and this song is one of like you said it's one of the best ones from that album and uh i think it's going to be another one that's going to just uh come across really well uh live and and to your point about the mix i just find that power wolf 
at least their last handful of albums are consistently a very sonically pleasing band. I think their production is is really well done on, on I don't know if I want to speak to like the first two or three albums because I don't really know them nearly as well, but like I don't know, some and a lot like Sabaton has as well. They hit a point maybe God of War uh, Art of War was that point for them or maybe even um Corollas Rex after that. Um they they're just like you you consistently can look forward to just a very excellent sounding album as far as the mix goes completely completely agree with you and um i think that's one of the things that do separate both of those bands from many others it's a very you used i think the word you used was sonically pleasing and i think that that's very apt and i'll i almost wonder if it's the same producer it's something i'll have to look at but um the next track they go into is the first track that they play from the sacrament of sin their 2018 release and this this release for the band was a very very um well received album in fact i think that um metal hammer actually awarded it best album of the year so that should tell you something in terms of how popular this album was in 2018. Talk to me about Staskabet and like your thoughts on this track because it's kind of something else. Yeah, I, it, this is another one that kind of has a bit of that mid-tempo Sabaton kind of vibe to it. Um, kind of marchy, but also kind of like has a, a you know quiet like. Con- almost contemplative kind of section to it. Um, it's not my favorite song on the the list of songs. I tend to gravitate uh, obviously towards the the more like you know high energy, faster tempo type stuff. Um, but it, it's a decent song. I, I don't think that there's any songs on this list of songs that I dislike. Um, this just happens to be a bit on the lower end or the bottom, you know, bottom end for me, uh, just, uh, this to me would be a optimal time for a bathroom or beer break, uh, for me personally. So, well, I have it on my list as well. So this might be my third beer of the set, but I, <laughs> I have to be honest with you. What What's interesting here to me is I, I like the fact that they kind of slow it down and whatnot. I just have no idea what the song is about. And even though they slow it down, the orchestration is really cool. But the rest of the song is kind of meh. I could take it or leave it. And I, I, I'll say one thing about it. I couldn't get one particular section out of my head because it was like a complete ripoff, in my opinion, of March of Mephisto by Camelot. I kept hearing those same – I don't even want to say chords because it was like – it's only like a couple of measures. But it sounds just like the song and I, keep, I, always, I always hear that and then I get excited to hear that, which is – you know, widely regarded as a as a top Camelot tune, but this is this is not that. So I, I, I another beer. It'll be three uh, for the first <laughs> half of the set. Um, but to be fair, I will race back to get back for demons or a girl's best friend. This was from the same album, The Sacrament of Sin. And this is if the band wasn't on the map prior to this song, I think this song may have put them on the map. It's fantastic, and I'll I'll get to my thoughts in a second. But I I, I know you love this one. I, I want to hear you first. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, this always makes me think of our mutual friend, Christina, because I remember when the song came out, she posted on Facebook, she goes, you know, I've never been a big Powerwolf fan, but this song is just fantastic. The lyrics are wonderful. Like, it's just, it's, it's, I think it's everything that makes Powerwolf so enjoyable all rolled into one. It's a catchy song. It's got just goofy ass lyrics that are fun but also funny 
Um, it's not the fastest of the Power Wolf songs. It's definitely more towards that kind of mid-tempo vibe, but I think it's so much catchier than the previous track. Um, and I think this is going to be a lot of people just jumping up and down and, again, just having a, a grand old time. So uh, I look forward to to hearing this one live as well. The the melody on this song is just absolutely infectious. I mean, like, infectious. And I think I had said earlier how the band sounds like Ghost. Here, there are actually sounds of ghosts. Not the band, but ghosts themselves <laughs> in the background of this track, which I thought was a really cool touch. Um, the, the This is going to be one of those songs where I have a feeling that the entire place is going to be singing along to the chorus. And if it's true, that will make for a highlight of the show. I'm not going to make it my song of the week, but it's probably my favorite song by the band. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Um, it's, I'm kind of listening again as we're talking about these and it's like the, the more and more I listen, it's like, Holy shit. Like I was not really, I mean, I was looking forward to this concert, but I don't know. I was like super excited about it, and I'm starting to get like super excited about it. Um, I just think it's. I just think this is going to be a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, I. I. It, what's interesting is kind of the way, in my opinion, how they've kind of constructed this set list because they are they go into fire and forgive, which is the third out of four in a row from Sacrament of Sin. And although I, like I said, I, there've been some clunkers for me. I can understand why as a fan of the band, as you're going through this, you're obvious. I can understand why you're getting excited. Um, this is the first one, which kind of starts off like a power ballad and it's different than the stuff that has come before it in the set list. Um, I don't have, I'm not going to knock this one. It's not a track that I would say I'm getting a beer for. It's just, you're going to get it's a shot. Kind of, was that? <laughs> You're going to get a shot. This, right. At this point, now I've moved on to the hard liquor. Um, it's, 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 it doesn't really stand out to me, but it's, I don't hate it. I don't dislike this song. It's just very um, – it's good. It's not great. What the highlight for me, though, is the instrumental section. I actually think that the instrumental section on this is really good, and it reminds me a lot of Gamma Ray just in terms of the way that it comes off. What are your thoughts on this one? Because I have to think that anything after Demons is kind of a letdown. Yeah, this is kind of more along the lines of that kind of signature Power Wolf kind of sound, a lot like the first song was. Um, I just don't think I like it as much as some of the other songs that sound like this. So I'm kind of with you there. It's it's just, uh, it's good. It's just not, um, you know, there's other songs that are in the same style that I think are better. That's fair. Uh the next track is one of the most interesting on the on the set list. And I have got like there's pluses and minuses here. And it's where the wild wolves have gone. Not not to be confused with where the wild things are, the book from when we were kids. But I, I, I want to ask you this. When you first listen to this track, does anything jump out at you? Because there's I hear something and I want to know if it's just me or if like it kind of jumps out to you as well. But immediately in that intro, does, does is there another band that says that, that kind of jumps out at you and says, Oh, that sounds like blah? Uh, it sounds I mean, it sounds very similar to a lot of power ballads that I've heard. I'm curious what you are referring to specifically. I hear like modern Nightwish, just in terms oh, of the orchestration. Yeah, I, and again, it could just be me. Um, it's 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 a very good ballad. Starts really cool. Needed at this point in the set list. 
Um, but at the same time, the lyrics just lose me because normally what I love about some of these ballads from other bands is you can kind of sink your teeth into the lyrics a little bit more, but the, this one loses me. Was so that a pun, good. Justin? What was that? Was if that it was, completely unintended. <laughs> completely unintended, which is sometimes the funniest ones. No, but this this song is like – it's like the best and the worst of times because the song loses me, but this, the, the music itself is, is, is pretty good. Yeah. I, I mean I don't feel – particularly strong one way or another about this i think uh the the cell phones will be out and, and uh, the, you know everyone's gonna be waving back and forth and it's 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 kind of the one uh, if memory serves on this list it's kind of like the one ballady kind of tune and it's i think it's well placed too because i think we've just kind of that, that's that was kind of a march through a lot of like just heavy both mid-tempo and fast-tempo songs up to this point. Um, I think uh, everyone might need a little bit of a, a little bit of ballad ballad break at this point in time. But, you know, it's interesting. The one thing the band does, all these songs are like four minutes and under. Like, none of these songs are epic, you know, 12-minute numbers. They're, they're in, they're out, and they move on to the next thing. And to their credit, they have to be, right? Like, I can't imagine any of these songs going 30 seconds longer than they actually do just because they're repetitive as it is in three and a half minutes. But, to, but I guess it's like they know their limitations and they just kind of stick to it. Right. It's like I've mentioned before. It's like... Why was Dragon Force making seven and a half minute power power metal songs that were like fast power metal songs? Like at least Power Wolf has enough sense to be like get in, get out, and be done with it. And it's like don't belabor the point. The songs are going to be repetitive anyway, so don't make the like individual song repetitive. You know, so I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that's kind of nice, and it speaks to our uh, our very uh, attention span. Um, you know, uh, attention span dissipating uh, social, you know, vibe in, in this world today. Uh, but um, I mean, that's the, you're going to have to get, move quick to, for those beer breaks because the, the, before you know it, the next song's going to start. <laughs> if there's a line, I'm kind of <laughs> fucked. I'm not going to lie. But um, <laughs> let's talk about Sainted by the Storm, which is one of their newest singles that's come out. Um, this one. It, when I say paint by numbers, when I say formulaic, here we are with like the heels of a new album and you're not getting very much different here, but it's, it's, it's a really good song. I have to say just very much sabaton on this one. It's, oh yeah. But the, but the difference is I prefer that war theming to that, to this. And maybe that's why I think sabaton's a little bit better band for me just because, um, there's something about the, the, the nature of this, which loses me, but I'll say this. This track, unlike others, has more of a jovial feel to it, I think, in many regards. So I actually hear a bit of freedom call in spots, and maybe I have them on the brain because of the cruise. But like the way this chorus is constructed with just almost like a uplifting feel to it, I, I actually hear some um, some freedom call on there. Do you hear that, or is it just me? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that if you strip all the everything down to just the just those um, those organ sounds. Like you, you go back to that uh, episode we did on, on Freedom Calls Stairway to Fairyland, and like it's it, you have that same sound o that's the overlay. It's just that everything else is totally different, but that part is kind of that connecting, you know, the connective tissue between the two bands. <laughs> other than the fact that they're both German, um, yeah. But uh, so this is, I think, one of I believe two 
new songs that are going to be their next album, I believe is a compilation uh, called mm. interludium. And I think this is one of the new tracks of two or three, even that, um, that Alice Cooper cover that we talked about last week is not actually going to be on that album. It was released as a, an individual single. Um, but this is one of the new songs. It was the only one that I saw on the set list, but now that the, it's been a couple of months, maybe they will add the other new track to the set. I haven't heard it yet. Uh, or no, no, I have heard it. Uh, it just wasn't on this list. I don't know that it was anything that screamed out to me, uh, good or bad. Um, but, um, this song's pretty is good. It, I agree with you. It's very uh, uh, Sabaton meets Freedom Call. Who would have thought that would ever be a thing? But um, you know, a solid tune. But um, the next song, uh, I'm a little bit bigger of a fan of. I'll say that. Oh, I am too. Um, I'm gonna make Army of the Night from Blessed and Possessed my song of the week. I hope you aren't going to do the same thing because I really don't have a plan B here. Um, it's, <laughs> it's 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 this this song comes out of the gate melodic and catchy and the verses are better simplistic but better and it's a monster chorus i mean an absolute monster chorus and i will be i'll go on record this is going to be the lot this is going to be the best song they play the backing vocals are phenomenal uh it's so gimmicky when like they're singing the chorus and the instruments drop out and the vocals are just doing the same vocal melodies over the chorus. And I absolutely will give them a pass because the song is awesome. Song of the week. Um, let's give it a listen. And then I want to hear your thoughts. That sounds good. There you have it. That's Army of the Night from uh, their 2015 release, Blessed and Possessed. For my money, one of the this and Demons are are just heads and shoulders, probably above everything with Amen and Attack. I think those are probably my three favorite songs. I I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I have a feeling you like this one. Uh, yeah, this is actually my song of the week too. Um, it, it's it was the song that I was most familiar with, and it still like still just has that. It, it's to the quality it's just uh, everything you said I, I i think you took all the words right out of my mouth but i mean i think this is if you are going to play a song for somebody who's never heard this band before this is probably the song you would play um unfortunately it probably won't get much better for them if you start them off with this one but uh I think that this was, I don't know, this is a really, really strong song. It's almost, it's actually, I feel like it should have been the last song on the set list. I think that um, it, it kind of, at least for me, it kind of 
trails off a little bit after this. Um, I don't know that there's so- any songs left. There's five more tunes, and I don't know that I like any of them nearly as much as this one. So, um, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my thought. I think this song is just a real banger. Um, I just I, I this is going to be another one where I think everyone's just going to lose their minds when they when they play this. Yeah, it's it's a good one, and, and I agree with you. It, it does get weaker from here. There's a couple of tracks that I'm kind of into, but for the most part, it, it slows down from here. Um, the next track is another one of their new ones, Blood for Blood. This one is the other folky track, and if I said before there was only one, there's two, and I and I misspoke. This is like Elevati Light or even like an Elven King sound to it, just in terms of the way that they employ the folky elements. It is cheesy, but... Unlike some of the other stuff, it's almost cringeworthy. Um, maybe it's better live. I don't know. I But the, I, the vocals are amiss here. The guitar riff is amiss. I don't like the solo. Um, the best part of the song really is how the last 20 seconds, it kind of picks up steam and goes out. I, I And I don't say that because it's ending, but it does. The last 20 seconds for me are really good, but the first three minutes are not. So Maybe you'll like it better than I did. Yeah, I think I did. I, I wish they had more songs that were folky like this because I think it's nice to have something a little bit different. And I think that's maybe why this was placed here in the set list. Um, but uh, I think it's also, you know, kind of upbeat. It's it's it sounds kind of like a drinking song. Um, I, I I I like it. It's not my favorite, but um, I think it's a a, a good song. I, I'll look forward to receiving my next beer from you towards the end of this one although this one you really need to rush back because this one just a shade out over three minutes so yeah i, I better i better we might, maybe um, we should just stand next to the bar i mean that might be the easiest now you're talking now i can kill two birds with one stone um the next track i don't love it but it's it's different and it's called let there be night it's from 2015 back on the blessed and possessed album um, what can you say? This is a mass for werewolves down to the Gregorian chants and the church organs. I mean, it's all here on full display and very, very prominent on this track. To me, this song screams ghost. Like when I say Sabaton meets ghost, this is the ghost side of it. This is um, maybe more than any other, just the way that it screams like that poppy sound that ghost has, but with the organs and everything else. Um, the problem though, is it just never picks up enough for my taste and i feel like the guitar solo is good but it's subdued and it's just they kind of feel like they're holding back on this and i feel like they would just put their foot on the gas and go for it but they never do and i i don't know that that's the best way to describe it um but other than the drums which have a very big feel to it the rest it seems like the rest of the band is kind of holding back on this one yeah this to me is like the one or or, i don't know if i'd say the one it's it's the most epic of the tracks. And I think that's mostly due to the length. It's like a seven plus minute song in a pile of songs that are mostly under four minutes. Um, and it, and it never really comes out of like third gear or even second gear, because I think it's meant to be kind of a mid tempo again, another kind of marching kind of, uh, tempo to it. Um, I, I, I'm with you. It's not, I don't think it's anything overly special. I, I have a feeling it'll come across better live than as a studio track um but uh it's it's okay it's probably towards the bottom of my tracks on this uh list but um also i think it's probably not a bad idea to give people a chance to use the bathroom get another drink whatever it's uh you won't miss much because it's a seven minute song so um 
but uh yeah it's uh it's fine <laughs> it's also it's also the close to their proper set because the encore are three songs and they kind of go back into the the back catalog for these the first two of which are on the blood of the saints album from 2011 uh sanctified with dynamite talk to me about this one um as i said this was about the time when i started getting into them or at least becoming aware of them what do you think of this track so this is again kind of um going back to the very first track it's got that first minute long of just churchy organy kind of like very dramatic and then it just kicks into like the guitars and and the drums and it's just like goes into like a, a proper power metal tune um you know fast tempo catchy this is um Probably my favorite of the three songs in the encore. Um, It's uh, just pretty, for me, like classic old school Power Wolf. Um, I I like this song a lot. This is uh, probably my favorite of of the last four or five tracks after, um, you know, after Army of the Night. Um, this, This one's a good one for me. I like this one quite a bit. It's definitely a good way to start the encore. Um, what I would say is it's fast. It hits hard. It's very epic sounding for kind of a shorter song. And it's memorable for sure, because I remember when I first heard it and maybe it's because of the die, die chance, but it always makes me think of creeping death by Metallica. Number one. And number two, there's this section where they start, the singer starts talking like torn into pieces it reminds me so much of Camelot's Wings of Despair. So for my money, it's the second time they've completely plagiarized Camelot. I mean, like <laughs> completely and utterly plagiarized off the band. But it was well done because it was only for like a measure or two and then they get out of it. So, But but to me, it's the exact same thing as, as Camelot. Um, definitely my favorite of the three because the next song is We Drink Your Blood. And, and this one is another one of those ghosts tunes to me and and i'm just a hard pass on this and i actually prefer ghost to some of these power wolf songs um it's just so generic and underwhelming i'm almost surprised that they would put it in the encore it's the intro is the best part with that really creepy keyboard sound and then the rest of the song just loses me yeah this is not one of my favorite mid-tempo power wolf tunes that are in this list um and yeah, it's like like I said, I, I was a little uh, underwhelmed by the the encore choices. I'm kind of hoping that maybe they, even if they keep the set list the same, maybe change the order up a little bit. Um, especially the final track, like Werewolves of Armenia, seemed like such oh. an odd choice to finish the set list with. I, I agree. I, I, I don't know. Too- maybe was the last show in Armenia, and that's why they. No, I, it, it, a very good question. A very good question. It was in Belgium, so why are they playing this song last? It's it's the one song they play from Bible of the Beast in two thousand and nine. It's the oldest tune in the set, and it's just so unremarkable. First of all, maybe it's because I was listening to the studio version, but it doesn't. This is when the sounds was not as good, and they got much better after this, but. Uh, mix aside it's just unremarkable it's not a good chorus and like you think you'd want to go out with a bang and this is not it and every time the singer starts talking about night i just thinking about james hetfield because of the way he enunciates it like (laughs) it's just such a weird tune to me and i don't know why they closed with it like there were better choices and even i as the casual fan could have picked out songs that were probably better than this uh, the the parts where they're like, ooh, ah, I'm like waiting for Roman Reigns to come out. Yeah, like- <laughs> totally. Um, 
Yeah, th- this one's a, this one's a miss for me. I, I I'll say this: I'm very happy that we did this. I'm looking forward to the show much more than I should, given my fandom for the band. But like, I don't know. I, it'll be a good experience. But I think that of the 18 songs, I think I'm looking forward to four or five of them. I think that four or five of them, I truly don't care. And the rest is really what's going to make or break the set list for me just from a musical endeavor. I think it says something, though, that even though you weren't a big fan of the band, you knew that you needed to go see it because it's... Oh, 100%. And I wonder if it's going to be like... uh, It's going to be disappointing just because it's it's the buildup for seeing this band for a lot of people has gone on for so long and only people that have gone to Europe uh, to big festivals in Europe probably have had a chance to see them that live here in the States. So I'm hoping that, uh, that the band, I think they will, but I'm hoping that they can live up to the, the expectation because this is a band that's been around a while. Like you said, there's what, seven albums now. Um, yeah. Eight, eight going. And then the new, the new comp. Yeah. Um, they've been around a long time and this is going to be their very first show in the U S of I, it's, it's gonna be really interesting, but uh, it's sold out fast. It's gonna be in a new a new venue that uh, holds, I think, quite a bit of people. So uh, I think it's gonna be uh, I think it's gonna be really interesting, and I, I have a feeling that they're gonna they're gonna deliver, knowing that it's their first uh, show in the U.S. But um, it's it, it's I think of how many years people have asked you know Glenn Harvison, the promoter of Prog Power, to get. Powerwolf to come and and Glenn has stated like they their stance for the longest time was we don't really have an interest in playing in the U.S. at this time and now they're just it, it, I was shocked when that when it got announced I was like oh I guess they changed their tune I, I I wonder what the demand for a band like this would be and then the tickets sold out in like a, what a day or two like it was fast yeah. that they added because they were only two shows initially. Um, wasn't it just this and the, the New York show and the Montreal show, I believe, were the only two? And now there's, I believe, at least five or six at this point. If I'm not mistaken, and I and I might be mistaken, I thought it was just New York. And when it sold out so fast, it's possible they added Montreal like the next day or something like that. Not that it wasn't in the works, but I'm not sure that they were announced together. I, I don't remember. But what I do know is I don't remember how – I'll say it this way. I got a text message from a mutual friend saying Powerwolf – is playing. Do you want to go? Like it just happened like suddenly and all of a sudden it went from no fanfare to the show is happening and tickets are on sale. And I'm like, yeah, get me a ticket. And I didn't hesitate. So to your point, I knew enough that I had to go see it. What I didn't realize is how fast it was going to sell out. So I'm lucky that I did because if I would hemmed and hawed, I don't think I'd be going. And I feel like I do need to see it. So I'll, I'll certainly recap it after the show and I'll kind of give you just my broad thoughts and maybe it'll exceed my expectations. Maybe it'll turn me on to to some of this stuff. Yeah. I I think that I think there's a good chance it will exceed your expectations because it sounds like your expectations aren't that really high to begin with. So um, it, it it bodes well in that, in that case, because when your expectations are low, you know, uh, sometimes magic, you get a little magic or what seems like magic, but uh I, I'm very excited. Uh, it's kind of coming on fast for me, but I, I'm starting to get really pumped. I, I don't think I'm going to listen to the band again until we go to the show. I think I, I think I listened to it just enough. I don't want to over overkill it. Like just, I'm just going in, and we're gonna we're gonna have a good time. And and if nothing else, we're gonna get to see a lot of people that we don't 
typically see until September rolls around in in Atlanta, um, which I, I there's the number of people I know that are attending this concert are it might be the most I've ever known um, not at a non prog power event. Um, so I'm I'm excited about that part. It's always just it's always a blast to see the people that you normally only get to see once or twice a year. It's there's an extra chance to see them. So, uh, and I think this is going to be my last concert until we see Halloween in May. I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. Nice. Um, so much news. Uh, I just want to talk about three things in particular because I think, um, each one is, Interesting and noteworthy on their own, but we're going to talk about all three of them. You know, we, you and I had talked about uh, death in the archives, and I and I think I had mentioned, and if I didn't mention it on the podcast, I absolutely was aware of Control Denied, the band, which was Chuck Schuldner's one-off project that he recorded and, and produced and, and came out with in 1999. And although death is not my favorite by any means, although I certainly appreciated um, the week that we spent listening to them, I always thought Control Denied was phenomenal. And I and that The Fragile Art of Existence was a underrated album, to say the least. And I'm, I'm sad to, to report that um, Tim Imar, the singer for Control Denied, passed away at 59 years old uh, earlier this week. This is an album we need to cover because although I, I, I know that death was not your um, favorite album by any means that we covered. I think this would be a little more palatable to you because it's just a little more melodic in many places. And and this singer, Tim Imar, does such a good job on this album. It, he fits the music so well. Um, but I'd be remiss not to report the fact that he's died, uh, you know, at, at such a young age. It's really, really sad. This is uh, he's probably best known for the for this work. I know I know that he was also the singer for Pharaoh as well. But for my money, Control Denied was where it was at. I actually have this album, but I do not remember it. So, okay. So uh, but, in the future, uh, so, we'll... always sorry to hear when somebody passes away, especially at such a young age. So, uh, my condolences go out to the fans and the family. No, no, no question about that. Um, some brighter news. This was a complete surprise. Um, Emperor has announced U.S. tour dates for the first time in over 15 years. They're going to be coming in June. They're only doing five shows, Chicago, New York, Texas, and two shows out west in California. Uh, I've got my tickets for New York. I saw them on 70,000 Tuds of Metal three years ago, and it was one hell of an experience. I'm very much looking forward to seeing them live again. I know that Isan has been playing at Prague Power and whatnot, but uh, to see Emperor on U.S. soil, uh, since I saw them in the middle of the Caribbean last time, will be an absolute treat. And what's interesting about this is that they're playing the King's Theater, which not only is very close to my office, but it's such a beautiful venue from what I understand. And it truly is a theater, but it's even more like over the top than, than, than the Beacon Theater is, which you're very familiar with. But it's just a very, very beautiful building. And, and the thought of seeing these black metal legends in this theater in the middle of Brooklyn is, is astounding to me. It also holds 3,000 people, which is either a very lofty goal or, you know, this this is going to be a very, very profitable night for Emperor because, I mean, that, that is a very big ve- venue for a band that hasn't released an album in 20 years. That's a lot of corpse paint. Yeah, <laughs> well said. Uh, and speaking of corpse paint, um, I, I really don't even know how to lead into this, but 
PowerQuest, who we, we've talked about many, many times on the show, including a full uh, discography where we talked about all their albums and had interviews with a number of the band members. They've decided to call it quits. And although they had a number of uh, tours and shows and festivals lined up for this year, um, they are they're pulling the plug a little bit early. And I really don't have much to say other than I want to hear your thoughts and let you kind of um, have the floor, if you will, because this is certainly um, a band that you are, you know, arguably the biggest fan of any anyone out there. And I know this has to be very difficult as just a fan that you're not going to get the closure that you otherwise would have liked. Uh, yeah, I was absolutely, dev- I, I will use the word devastated. Uh, it, it's, it's, it sucks. Um, it's, uh, I, I understand the, 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 the thought process and the mindset. Um, but it's just as a fan, it's so, it's just super disappointing that to not, like you said, have that closure um, of seeing this, you know, it was already kind of disappointing as a fan to hear that the band was calling it quits in the first place, but at least they were going to go and and do some shows and like, hell, if they weren't planning on coming to Atlanta for Prague Power, I was going to do everything in my power to go to the UK and see their final show. And uh, they just saved me, uh, quite a bit of money um because i i I won't have to do that now but um it just sucks because like you know it it's i i think that it would have been a celebration uh, of the band's history and um it would have been just i i just uh like you said um a way to kind of just feel like you were sending off the band and the band was sending you off as a fan and you can kind of feel proud of, of your time as, as a fan. And, and, uh, I think I'm still having trouble, um, coming, like coming up with the, the, the words to how I feel. It's just, um, it sucks. And, and it, it, it's not the first time that this band has pulled the rug out from under, under me as a fan, uh, for whatever reason. I mean, the band had ended already and I, you know, I, I guess in a way, like, you know, I should be grateful that the band did come back and I did actually get to see them live at Prague Power, which is just one of the all time, like most amazing experiences for me as a music fan. Um, I just was so excited and so looking forward to just like kind of being part of this final chapter and getting to meet some of the guys that I hadn't gotten to meet yet, like Brad and Glenn and George, um, uh, I just I know that some of the guys were just so excited to come back here, and it just uh, you know I'm not gonna to, I'm not gonna speak to any of the like internal stuff um, that's you know private amongst the band and and whatever like the decision was made it might not have been everyone's choice or you know pre- preference but uh, you know at the end of the day like you know, it, it's, it is what it is. Like Steve is the, uh, Steve's the leader of the band. And, and, uh, you know, if he thinks that this isn't something that's gonna, you know, or he thinks it's something that's going to cause financial hardship for him after, you know, I'm sure the pandemic wasn't easy for him or anybody. Um, you know, maybe for him, that was the right call. Uh, I, I just, as a fan, 
all I can say is it's it's highly disappointing and and um it sucks. I, it just sucks that that like, basically finding out that your favorite band is ending in that kind of way, just like signing on to Facebook and just seeing a, a written notice, you know, um, you know, I, I kind of, part of me just wishes they would have just said that in the first place rather than announce a bunch of shows and make it seem like there was stuff happening and then nothing ends up happening. So, um, you know, it's raw for me right now. And I think that I'll get over it and I'll, still always uh consider them to be like one of my all-time favorite bands but it's just definitely a a very um a very crummy way to to just kind of pull a plug and and be done like just so like uh what's the word i'm looking for just abruptly uh, what's that abruptly yeah but just like more so than that just uh I don't know. I, I don't know if I have the, the right word to use, but it, it, it uh, yeah, it stinks. Um, it, it really does. And, uh, yeah, that's all I can say. Um, Prague, Power Quest was supposed to play at Prague Power on four separate occasions, and they canceled three of the four. So you can imagine, um, you know, it, it, as an American fan, it's, it's disappointing. Um, and it's, uh, Unfortunately, it's kind of become a theme, um, and now that's the theme is kind of how the the whole chapter or the whole book is going to come to an end, and I think that kind of stinks. But uh, it is what it is. I mean, I'm I'm not, uh, you know, I, I, it's not my money, so I can't, you know, it's not my band, it's not my money. I can only speak as a fan, so um, you know, I could probably babble on for another hour, but uh, I don't think I would say anything I haven't already said. So that's well, those well are my said. thoughts. Well said. I, I appreciate that. Um, we move on here at the Metal Exchange to 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 different things. Uh, what are we listening to next week? I feel like you haven't selected an album in a while, so I'm curious to hear what uh, what you what you got in store for us. Yeah, there's been a, a couple of. I think I say this every time it's my turn to pick, but there's there's been a couple of albums that have been kind of rattling around in my head for a while now, and you know something will jog my thoughts and I'll switch gears. I'm sure you've, you know, done the same over the years that we've been doing this. Um, but there's a band that we covered really early on that we haven't gone back to yet. And I think one of the reasons why we need to go back to this band is because it's the most listened to episode we've ever done. It was by Manowar, uh, when we did, um, fighting the world, fighting the world. It was like, our fifth episode, maybe. Um, it was really early on. It was uh, our sixth episode, so we did this in in November of 2020. And for whatever reason, this episode just blew up on YouTube, like uh, thousands of views. Uh, it's mind boggling to me. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm gonna see if we can get magic to to strike twice. <laughs> so we're going with Man of War again, but um, this time. Uh, I actually want to listen to uh, The Triumph of Steel, which came out in 1992. Um, The reason I choose this is because it was the second metal record I ever bought after Sabotage's Handful of Rain. So um, this one, I have have some thoughts on this one. There are some songs on here that are some of my favorite Manowar songs. uh, Some of my favorite songs, honestly. And then there's some songs that are not. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I, just my initial thoughts. 
I remember listening to this so much back in like 1998. I don't know that I've listened to this album in 25 years. <laughs> I mean, or 20 years. Like I haven't listened to this album in so long uh, because I found like every time I wanted to scratch the Manowar itch, I would go to Kings of Metal or something. So I always, I, I, I recognize the fact that I probably listened to this album a bunch. It's just been a long time, objectively probably 20 years so i i look forward to going back and i wonder if i'm gonna look back with the fond memories that i did as someone who grew up on it or if i'm just gonna be totally turned off i i don't know what the answer to that is going to be so excellent choice excellent excellent choice yeah it's it's an interesting time uh for the band because i think this is kind of where they are coming into the 90s and after this they kind of uh, become like kind of a part-time at least as far as like um albums go they kind of became like a part-time band after releasing like albums very quickly through the 80s i believe there were at one point they released two albums in one year i think in 1984 they released hell of england and sign of the hammer like they were they were coming out with stuff fast um they released four albums in three years uh to kick off their career but they you know they've slowed down they they've um i think after triumph of steel they only have released maybe three full-length albums um i maybe four but i think it's three if you're not counting the re-recordings of some of the older albums um no but, they, they uh, definitely kind of went on a hiatus at this point and i'm not a hundred percent sure why but like they would do the live thing and they would still sell out huge venues, especially overseas. But like the, this was like, I don't want to say the last of their studio albums. They would release more, but like this was one of the bigger ones, like towards the end of that eighties run and obviously into the nineties. Yeah. I know that there are people that will say that this was the last, at least good Manowar album. I've also heard people that love louder than hell, which came out, in 96, four years later. And they'll say that was the last good man right. or album. Um, we'll get, we'll get into it, but um, I, I, it's an, it's just really a, a very important album, at least in my, uh, my introduction to metal. And uh, as far as that mixtape goes, that started the whole thing, you know, there's a song from this album that was the very first song on that tape. So that was almost like the intro to it all in a lot of ways. So I, I thought that it was definitely, even though Kings of Metal, I think is the obvious choice of, because we've done, uh, we've done uh, fighting the world. Um, Kings of Metal, I think is their probably most well-received album. But for me, Triumph of Steel just has kind of a, I think I like Kings of Metal better overall, but I think this album just, I think for both of us, it kind of was an entry point. Uh, it no was definitely question. my entry point to Manowar, but it was also one of my entry points to metal uh, altogether. So um, well, something I, I think, wanted to talk about. I, I think it's an excellent choice. Um, it's been almost three years since we've done a Manowar album, so it's definitely time. So good choice. We will talk about that. We will talk about the Power Wolf show. Uh, we will bring you the latest news and any other tidbits that uh, come across our desks. But um, I think it is time to sign off. I think it is time to get ready for Power Wolf, and I think it is time to go listen to uh, Achilles, Agony, and Ecstasy 
innate parts. I uh, hope you have a great week, everyone. Give us a like and a follow. Uh, give us five-star review if you think we deserve it. It helps other people find the show. I can't stress that enough. Um, some news to come regarding uh, the future of the podcast. All good stuff. We, we look forward to bringing you that in the coming weeks. So um, check us out. We will get back to you next week with some Mana Wars. We go back over 30 years uh, to Triumph of Steel. Take it easy, bud. I will see you in a few days. Can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Take care, buddy.